Everyone, hi, hello, it is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. I am sitting here with comedian Annie Letterman. You know her from Chelsea Lately, Girl Code, Grand Theft Auto, right? Yeah. What do you do in Grand Theft Auto? I was, I was the voice of this girl named Cheryl. It was me and JB Smoove had a radio station called Chakra Attack. Nice. I've never really heard it. I was going to say, do you play video games? But I'm guessing no, if you no. haven't heard it. I mean, I played like... I don't know if this was like a like a I have two brothers and I was always trying to be like cool with them. So I always wanted to play video games, but I always just played the video game that came with the system. Like I loved Mario Brothers mm-hmm. and I loved Sonic. Is that like a girly maybe like a girl thing? Maybe, but I think the ultimate girl thing is to like centipede and pole position. Like those would be mm-hmm. my go-tos. No, I don't even know what those are. What, you don't? What system were those? Oh, because you're probably, they, they were the system. I'm like 14. A, right, because you're very young. I, know, I, don't, I don't, don't believe in people lying about their age, so I like to come out with it. I'm 14 years old. <laughs> Do you really not know what Centipede is? Centipede, I think it's I an, remember. These are arcade games. Oh, no, I think I know. Is that, it's like, it was like the five years after Pong, like the. I actually don't even know what Pong, Pong is. Pong was the first one. Pong was the first one that was just I'm like... I'm 12 years old. I know. We're so young. We're just like little babies. We really are. It's really we're hard just, to do this. Crammed a lot of living and a lot of retro video game references into our yeah, 12 I've and 14 years respectively. I had sex with so many guys for a 14-year-old, but it's like, you know, it's all relative. It's all been in the past week. So. <laughs> right. Um, anyway, Centipede had that rollerball and you'd kind of roll it back and forth oh, okay. and it, it'd be like... That's not what it sounded but like. So it but had to, me, to be in, like, it had to be an arcade. Yes, it, it was in an arcade. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There was no system. There wasn't a home that system. had it. And then pole position is a driving game, also in an arcade game because it had a steering wheel. Yeah, pole position sounds girly, but not. I in a worse. Jeff, in like a, you're in the room. You're a man. Pole position. I am in the room, but I'm not commenting because I actually know what pong is and played it when it was in the arcade. You because old I'm piece a of shit. Get out. Years old. You're like 100 years older than us. We're I got, teens. I got an We're AA, AARP discount. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, uh, pole position? Yeah. Did you? Did, yep. did guys enjoy that? Yeah. Yeah. It was like a first person driver game. I mean, they would never name something pole position now. That's like obviously Mm-mm. like sounds so yeah. perverted, it's right? A little, it's a little on the money now. It's way too crazy. There was a college near my hometown. It's called Arcadia now, but it was called Beaver College, and they had to stop. <laughs> they had to change the name because when the internet said internet, the internet, the internet started having uh, the like parental locks. Mm-hmm. People couldn't search that school because they thought it was porn. So there was like a time period where you could like submit your, and my family would always drive by, and my family was like <laughs> disgusting. So it was always like Twat University or. <laughs> Vagina, my mom said slit university and we all almost died. We're like, mom, no, you're so much grosser than everyone. What's your least favorite word for uh, lady bits? Because mine would be gash or axe wound. And axe I think wound. based on the fact that the drummer of my band used to used to occasionally call me Allie Axe Wound. And I'd be like, I don't like any, any part of I that. I think that's a great name for a band, Axe Wound, for yeah. an all-girl band. I don't really, none of them really bother me because I don't, like, it just... My family is so like cursy. Mm-hmm. We're so filthy that it just isn't curse words never bother me. And I 
like vaginas, like I guess maybe the most awkward one to say. Vulva, vulva, clinical. I said clinica. Clinica. What is that? It's like I was trying. I was like I was sliding into the word cunt. I love it. Yeah, yeah, vulva is my favorite. I'm fine with that word. word Yeah, I'm disgusted with people who are offended by it. That Mm -hmm. really frustrates me. Like, get like something better to be offended by. Right. I also just think like being offended is like really it's narcissistic and selfish and people are supposed to know what everyone's specific thing is. Right. You know what I mean? So what was your family like? My family is just like pretty crazy. I'm from Philadelphia area. Yeah. The suburbs of Philadelphia. My family's just, everyone has ADD. It's crazy. Like I was looking at it this way. We had this dog growing up named Pinky, a little Bichon Frise. And she, we never walked her. We just let her out and we lived in like a suburb, but like there were cars Mm -hmm. And we just let her out and she would just go out and like run in the street and people would bring her back and we would be <laughs> mad. I remember they'd be like, here's your dog. And we're like, ugh, <laughs> let her be free. And like the dog would run around and she would like get into the neighbor's compost heap and all this stuff. And everyone was always pissed about it. And we just had no, we didn't give a shit. And that is how I feel I was raised. <laughs> just let out. Like she would just scratch on the door when she wanted to come back in. <laughs> so it was kind of like that. I think I feel like. What do your parents do? My dad was the treasurer of the University of Pennsylvania. Um, and my mom was, she did like, they're not dead. They're retired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just start crying. <laughs> they died yesterday. Uh, oh, after they so found sad out, to lose them at 14. I know. They found out I had sex with all those guys this week and I just died. <laughs> um, no, but my mom was like, she started out going to art school. She married my dad when she was 22. She just went right from like college into a marriage and so she didn't really, and my dad was already making pretty good money, so she didn't really like have pressure to have a job. So she kind of just like floated around and she started out in art school. And then she was like, uh, did graphic design or something. And she wrote for some local radio stations, WXBN. Do you remember that one? Oh, sure. Yeah. I used to live in West Philly, right near University of Pennsylvania. Oh, so yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah my, it was Penn's radio station. My mom worked there, and there was a little while where my dad was signed her checks because he was the treasurer wow. which is kind of cool oh wait i used to work at university of pennsylvania Maybe my he dad signed probably my checks. signed your checks Ooh. there was a little stamp i'm sure wow i should hit him uh, up for a raise i wish i'd known what yeah, a small world no money left or power so i've wow. made sure of it they have like a hole in their ceiling that they haven't fixed i'm like this is so depressing Can you just fix the fucking <laughs> hole and i always sleep on the couch when i go home and it's like right under the hole and every once in a while just water comes out of it that we hope is in pee. You sleep on the couch. Do you not? Ha- did they not preserve your bedroom? Well, we have a new house, or they have a new house that's like super. It's like way smaller, and it's really disgusting. Like I gave them my dog, and then they have their own dog, and so there's two dogs, and it was my dog that I had when I was like a blackout drunk in college, mm-hmm. so not completely untrained. Um, and it's like a carpeted house, and it's just like what kind of dog? She's a Lassapsa. Mm-hmm. She's so cute. And I love her. And it's so depressing that I gave her to my parents. Why did you? Well, I moved to New York to do comedy. I was living in New Mexico. I went to college there. And then I just stuck around. And um, I had her there for four years and just like super wasted. And then when I sobered up and I moved to New York, I realized like I couldn't have her. I was like, I, well, I sobered up when I was in New York. So I guess I, was mo- I wasn't living anywhere. I was staying on my friend's couch. So I left my dog in Philly with my parents. And then I just realized after I got sober, like, I'm not responsible enough to have a dog. It was like liquid dog owner courage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so they and then they've had her long enough that even now that I feel like I am responsible enough to have a pet or a, pretty much I just have a boyfriend that does everything for me. So I know <laughs> that he would walk her. I can't like take her back because they've Cause had they her, her longer than I had her. 
They don't. They say they don't love her. They play this weird mind game with me. And with her, it sounds like. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what they? What, what do they say? They'll just be like, they have their dog Teddy, and Teddy is also Lassopso, but there's something severely wrong with him where he has like some sort of like skin yeast infection. That's oh, literally no. the most. It's the worst, most disgusting thing that's ever happened. He smells so bad, and he just like sheds like skin it's i feel he's like self-cremating he looks like he died 10 years ago (laughs) he's like rotting i'm like can we (laughs) he's with it so i understand why they're not putting him down but he's like it's like i can't love him anymore i'm like you have to get he's too gross he's disgusting and if he sits on like your belongings just throw them out oh and there's nothing you can do it's really sad does he have fur yeah a little bit but it's like he's turning black (laughs) it's like a fun joke what Um, color is he supposed to be white Okay. There's like black scaly skin. I say his gray scale. <laughs> but Is there? Are, there's no ointments or salves or sprays. They've or tried anything so they many do? things, and it's just. I mean, I'd like to think that my parents have their shit together. I don't think they do. Um, but I think they've done everything they can. Okay. I always want to like go back and like take care of all of their shit, but I'm like irresponsible too. But so that's the one they love, the Peely one? They love the Peely one where I'm like, how? I mean, Punky's so cute. My Punky, dog, that's Punky. yours? Oh, she's Named after? Punky Brewster. Okay. I didn't know given how young you are. She was, Punky Brewster was, yeah, I learned, I learned all about her in history class, but <laughs> she was my first, the first um, I'd ever heard of a breast reduction. So I always think of Punky uh, Brewster when I think about big boobs. Because mm-hmm. I didn't Fry know got, that she had a breast reduction. She got a breast reduction when she was pretty young. Yeah. I know I was like, you know, negative ten years probably. Right. And uh, so we used to call boobs punkies when we were in middle school. And then so I guess I named my dog Tits. But I really, I just thought it was a cute name. When, and my childhood dog's name was Pinky. So I oh, was like just being like that's cute. Keep carrying on the tradition. Yeah. Um, when I think of breast reduction, what I think of is that it's supposed to be a more intense surgery than breast augmentation. Well, yeah, I guess they're taking it out. Yeah, that's what I was They're here. scraping out. And then um, you just looked at my chest. Yeah, I'm not very... I, I don't have much going are on you there. My, you, I'm like, are you me? Are you one of me? <laughs> a, a small breasted lady? Yeah, flatty? Yeah, pretty much. Flatties are taking over the world. Are we? Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's flatties with Kardashian butts. Yeah, but those are fake too. I know. It's so weird. How are they? How? Where do you get one of those butts? Is it from waist training? Is it padding? Is it? I don't think they're real. I don't think they're real at all. Like if you, I never really watched the Kardashians, but I've seen clips and you just, it's like not human. Mm-hmm. Like in pictures, you don't know because it could just be Photoshop. But like when you watch it moving, you're like, that's not. Right. And it's gross. It does look gross. I don't I think. Don't, yeah, I'm not drawn to it. I mean, I have like a bigger butt, which I'm like glad that people are into that because because you have it because fuck that would suck right <laughs> um to have like both be missing and added you know i'm ugh. what's going on here i just had a moment i had a moment <laughs> wait, wait i just can i tell you what my day was i'm please, such a loser please i watched both episodes of that show 500 questions what is that I show because my dad emailed me about it and said something but i'm like i don't even know what this it's is it's so bad and like i'm i'm not like talking shit on talk shows because wheel of fortune has my heart forever i love vanna so much so i'm sh- I, I noticed that you posted a photo of young vanna on your instagram she was so pretty she's amazing but i can't believe you like it now i can't she's... handle wheel of fortune at all okay i'm in I love jeopardy it. camp well pat sajak's so great and pat yeah, sajak follows me on twitter so i'll never say anything bad about him <laughs> but like he um 
He's like a hateful grandpa. I'll say he's a hateful grandpa. He, I never like, I retweeted one of his tweets once. So he is, he's hateful and crazy, but he does say some funny things. He really does. I know. He's actually like truly funny. And you're like, you look at these people's career and you go, what, like, what, what would you have been if you didn't get that show? Because they can't, I mean, they're probably making more money than everyone in the whole world has ever made. Right. Like they're in Judge Judy's level. They're so rich. Because there's no one else that can compete with that show. But Vanna, I like read up on her because I just think she's so great. (laughs) She was, you know, like a model, playgirl, playboy, playmate. And she was engaged to a playgirl playmate in the 80s and he died in a plane crash i never knew this and she no wonder she brings such angst and gravitas to her letter touching her fucking dick out boyfriend like sitting on a hot tub with a like shiny dick died in a plane crash that's tragic i just think that's funny for two of them to marry to a playgirl playmate and a playboy playmate but and then now she has a uh, um, yarn line she She has her own yarn with lion's brand vanna's choice where does one purchase this? You go why? to like a craft store. I mean, because you're sad and lonely and you knit. I don't yeah. know. Because <laughs> you've given up. I feel like knitting is the same as like, and I'm sorry if you guys, I don't know if you guys are like marathon runners. <laughs> are you? <laughs> no, no, no. But like, oh no. I feel like knitting and marathon running are like very similar. It's like people that are like, I picked the wrong thing or maybe not even picked the wrong thing. I need something that like is fulfilling because my life is not fulfilling. I need something that has an end. Right. You can work towards and then you can have like a either like a stocking or have run this fucking marathon. You're right. And when you get both of them, you can't dabble in knitting really and you can't dabble in marathon running. You can try it out. I mean, I once knit I was knit I knit for a little while when I was super depressed. I mean, it's like a true sign of like severe depression, I think. If you're doing like grandmother if you're doing things that people are doing at the end of their life. Right. Yeah. Because like they can't, they're not able to do anything else. That's pretty sad. But I knit, it was my great aunt's 90th birthday party. And my mom and I knit, got these like giant knitting needles and we knit like this shitty long 90 foot scarf. Did you, you both knit this scarf? Yeah, we did just you knit sew it together or? I don't remember how we did it, but it was shitty. And I don't think it actually was completely 90 feet mm-hmm. because my cousins or uncle whatever they are her kids her sons tried to measure it around i remember they tried to pull it up the stairs to measure how long it was and it was around her their mom's neck <laughs> and they just almost killed her it was amazing like she has like a year left mm-hmm. do you have to kill her right now on our present it sounds like you're pretty close to your family i love my family they're amazing they're really great i feel like i fought a lot with my parents i was juvenile delinquent i fought a lot with them i was super like a super brat blame them for everything are you the youngest i have a i am the youngest but i have a twin brother and an older brother so my older brother is he's three three years older than us Mm -hmm. and then my twin brother lives in boston and has like a wife and a kid and he works in sports tv and uh has like a completely different life than me but is he on air he's not on air sometimes he does sketches and i think he's really hilarious and should be on air Mm -hmm. but my mom always told me he would need a nose job which is so fucked up. Is it true? Also, he has a weird, my brother has a weird nose. Like he looks like the cartoon character, Doug. That's actually his Twitter handle picture right now, mm-hmm. but he really does look like him, but his nose is just like weird. Like it looks like different shaped blocks were shoved up it. <laughs> like it's just very like, it goes in different angles and stuff, but he pulls like it Sarah off. Shel- Sarah Michelle Geller's nose. Yeah. But she has masculine. like, she has like the, like little, like the two. Yeah. She's got a, pluck, um, two. she's got like a cleft 
cleft nose. Cleft chin nose. She's got a butt chin. A, yeah. a butt nose. <laughs> she does. She does. I like her. I think her. Yeah. It's like, like she, he pulls it off. I don't think anyone was like, ew, gross. Get your nose out of here. We're not going to put you on TV. But my mom told him that. So I think that was enough. And my older brother did get a nose job. But it was because of a deviated septum. How does his nose look now? Because my thing, so I've been obsessed with nose jobs ever since I realized that I wanted one if I was the kind of person who would actually ever do that, but I'm not because I'm afraid of it. And um, I don't know, like philosophically, I'm not okay with it, even though I sort of am. I don't know. Um, But I've hated my, anyway, so I'm like, I'm very, I feel like one of my talents that I, I don't know how to turn it into money. But if there were ever a game show like spot the nose job, mm-hmm. I think I'd be so good at it because I just always know when someone's had a nose job. My thing with men who've had nose jobs is that more often than not, they it always looks a little too feminine. It's too feminine. A it lot. is. Yeah, I think I well, Timmy's is like it's like it's just I have no fucking clue what he would look like because I think he was like 16 when he got it. Oh, wow. So I have just I can't even like remember pre nose job Tim, but like. It's a little bit, it's a little ski, ski slopey, but it's not like, it's not terrible. I just have no clue. I just don't know what he would look like. It's so, that to me is what's so crazy about a mm-hmm. nose job. And like people like, I'm, I'm for like, I'll probably get Botox at some point, that type of stuff. Um, I really want to do it on camera so I don't have to pay for it. I oh, you should. Someone, I want to get someone <laughs> to take me for my first Botox. And then if my eyes droopy, it's like explained. Everyone can see it. <laughs> right. But like. People just overdo it and it's like it's when you change the like structure of your face that I think that's really fucking weird. But you yeah. look at like I love looking up nose job before and afters. Mm-hmm. Also another thing I did this morning, immediately woke up and looked at before and after pictures exercise pictures. Do you ever do that? Get into that tunnel? I don't feel like guys do that. Before and after exercise pictures? Yeah, just like girls before and after they did like different exercise videos and stuff. No, I should. Uh, I, I do look at the plastic surgery ones. Plastic but I'm always like hoping it's cool. not anything graphic because that I can't handle. The exercise ones, I'm like, I could do that. That's a possibility, but it's not. I'm finally at that point where like I'll look at a Victoria's Secret ma- magazine. I'm like, oh, I'm never. It's never <laughs> going to be. I'll never get it. That's never going to happen. But um. I love looking at the nose job ones. Like if you look at like Blake Lively's my favorite mm. one. Because people forget about her old nose. God. It was just enough to, to to take her from like a cute girl next door to like fucking smoking hot. Yeah. It's just a, the little nose jobs that don't make you look like completely different and crazy that are incredible. Right. Right. And I wonder with those, is it a series of um, tiny surgeries? Because I think that when it's that kind of like Jennifer Aniston, let's say, right. or Angelina Jolie, who both of whom I'm sure have had, well, Jennifer Aniston, I'm, I know for sure has had multiple nose jobs, but it's like when it's the tiny little, um, little refinements, I think that must be a lot of tiny surgeries because you never notice like the big one. But who like wants to go through? They break I, your nose. I, know. I, I know. saw my brother after his nose job and it was like fucking crazy. Like it was like the most painful. It was insane. Yeah. He was just like tortured and there was a picture of my old best friend from high school she had i don't know how i gave her one of the pictures i guess and it was up on her like collage wall <laughs> just like of him with his like blown out nose and you have black eyes afterwards yeah right? you and look crazy you and- like need your mommy like it's not like i'm yeah. just gonna do this i know that's why i never my fear was always that i'd wake that i I would look in the mirror afterwards and I wouldn't like what I saw. Right. And then I'm like, I want that old monstrosity back. Not this new tiny button thing that I hate. Also. Yeah. No, if they get it wrong, you're fucked. That's your face now. And I it's know. like, you look at like Jennifer gray, right? Where she was like, how insecurity about her nose. And then she realized like, that was her jam. Like, Oh fuck. That was my thing. <laughs> Damn. And then it's like, um, I just feel like if you're going to have kids, like what a fucking shitty thing to do to your kids. 
to be like, I don't have your, I didn't like the note, right. the genes I'm giving you. Right. The shitty to your parents. Also, I have a twin. Like, we'd have to get joint nose jobs. Mm-hmm. That's Right, weird. like the Olsen twins. Yeah. Did if, they? I don't know. They might, I feel like they you should have. know. How come one of them was a, was what? anorexic and the other wasn't? That's weird. Your fucking sister, solidarity. Yeah. Right. Solid fucking darity. So you are sober. Mm-hmm. Um, what were you like before that? You know, it's been like seven years almost or six and a half since I drank and not, it's not that different. I mean, I really was like, I was crazy and out of control and I'm just realizing now that like drinking might not have been the problem, but I was like, really, I mean, I was pretty bad. I was like, but a, is it ever the problem really? Isn't it always just sort of whatever is driving you to drink is just something you have to deal with once you Maybe. Well, I clean. feel like there's like the theory, like the, and I'm not a part of AA or anything and I'm not completely sober. I don't drink, but I um I feel like um there's the theory that like alcoholism is a disease, which I mean I don't want to like say there that it isn't, but I didn't feel like I feel like I have a problem with overdoing it with things. I binge, eat, I over, I overdo everything. Um, so I think that that is my issue, and I was really really bored. This was when I was living in New Mexico is when it was really bad. Um, I wasn't in school anymore. I was like waitressing and bartending. I was just like a fucking loser. Like I really was not proud of myself. I was super bored. Um, And it was a little bit in the culture, but I was really like out of control and and not able to handle. Like one time I woke up and I had um, I had crashed my I had a motor scooter, like a little Vespa, and I had crashed it really bad like my whole face Mm. was like my chin was split open i have a pretty gnarly scar still but my chin was split open there was like cuts all over my head and i had like road rash on my tits and my arms like all over me um really 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 bad and um i woke up and i had just like i had fallen asleep with like a towel on my chin and that my the dress i was wearing looked like someone had like slit my throat from behind like it was so bad and all i could remember is that i called my everyone in my immediate family (laughs) And been like, uh, I'm, I'm an alcoholic. Send me to rehab. I need help. And then I had to like call them in the morning and be like, just I was in a blackout. Like disregard. <laughs> I'm fine. Just parted a little hard onto cement. Um, and then so I didn't end up going to rehab or anything. Then and then like six months later after I'd moved to New York, I just like was like, this is too fucking bad because I was out like drinking with stitches in my chin that night. Mm-hmm. I ran into a guy who had a puppy. I was like petting his puppy. And I was like, your puppy's so cute. And he's like, you don't remember me? I'm like, no. And he's like, you don't remember me from last night? Like, I guess he had helped me. He rode a motorcycle. So he saw me fall on my scooter and he helped me like move my scooter up. And then I guess someone that knew me sort of or had like worked at some place with a friend of mine was there and she drove me home. But he like said that he just helped me not get in trouble with the cops because he knows like as a motorcyclist that I would have been in big trouble and I was mm-hmm. like friends with a lot of cops in Santa Fe and they told me that I would have gotten an aggravated DUI for hurting myself I didn't know they can do that it's fucked up right yeah but it was just Could you like drop the charges against yourself I don't know I think I would keep them I'd be like you really almost <laughs> yeah. lost a nipple you need to learn a lesson um but it was bad you know I would wake up I would like check for my teeth type of thing mm-hmm. I got like my body was in like such bad shape that I got um, like a gum infection that's caused from like body stress. Mm-hmm. That, but it's like what like people is like trench mouth is one of the it's like really it's like what homeless people get or like right. people like at war get. So it was like pretty bad. But 
<laughs> Were you depressed? Yeah. I mean, I think I suffer from depression all the time, though. It's like, it's hard. I mean, I'm still like barely over leaving New York depression. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I've lived here for like two years and I'm finally like, I guess I live here. This is it. When LA. did you take your first drink? Um, First time I drank, I don't know the exact That is the sound time. of iced coffee for the listeners. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm like, so what sorry. What is that sound? It's me like, I'm like crying and then I'm like um, <laughs> sucking it through my teeth. No, I'm not crying. I don't cry anymore. Alcoholics don't get to cry. <laughs> Um, but so, uh, the first, I just remember like the first time, like, fuck, I don't remember the exact first time I like had a sip of alcohol, but I do remember when we were 13, I, uh, I got in a car accident with my mom, um, on the way to a swim team. I was like a really good swimmer and I was like joining this team that was going to train for the junior Olympics. And then we got in this car accident and broke my foot and I broke my foot and I couldn't, I couldn't train anymore. And so I, that's kind of when I started acting out which I definitely would have done anyway because I think it was just in my temperament mm-hmm. um but that's when I started like like getting rid of sports and getting into other stuff but we we got a settlement it was a drunk driver had um it was like a woman she was a mom it was after school so it was probably like three thirty four. this woman was like wasted going to pick her kids up from school and she just veered into our land into oncoming traffic and we had a head-on collision with her Jeez. and so I broke my foot everyone else okay yeah my mom was okay she wasn't driving my mom hurt her chest but that ended up going away and then there was like my next door neighbor was with us and his eyelid got cut open which was really disgusting and he was like how does it look i'm like "Eh." well (laughs) your eye is closed and you're still looking at me so you should know (laughs) you look fucked Uh, um and then they had the woman who was driving my neighbor's mom she like had to get like jaws of life and she'd be like lifted out it was like really crazy but we got this settlement which i have no clue how much money it was I should find that out. I'm curious now. Yeah, but I'm it was enough. Now. I remember we had to go to court and we had to be like, we're going to use this money for books in college. And then we really went to Mexico. We went to Cancun. <laughs> or no, wait, where do we go? We went to Club Med in Huatuco, Mexico. Uh-huh. And I remember I was 13. I remember getting fucking hammered uh, there. And there was like this fucking creepy archery instructor who was like this like 28 year old Mexican guy who I remember like. He like cornered me. I had to like make out with him. It was like this dramatic thing. And my parents were getting all mad at me because I was like, I think I spent the night out. I mean, I was pretty much just like trying to get on Dateline NBC. Mm-hmm. I was pretty much trying to be like 13 year old murder victim in Mexico. Did you want to make out with him or did he take no. advantage of you? Oh, he okay, was so just he gross. Pushed yeah. Himself on you. yeah. I mean, it was weird because I was, you know, when you're like 13 and you're like, you're just starting to like get into guys and you're like, you like male attention, but it's like weird. And it's like all yeah, of a sudden. You're, yeah. You don't want anything threatening. Yeah. But you're like, I think this is fun. You like, just don't know what you're supposed to do. It was like, like I, I liked hanging out with him and then it just got gross. And then I think I like told the director, I'm like queen of fucking, if you get molested with me, I will get you fucked over. <laughs> I think good. I told the director. Yeah. Hell yeah. But I was just like, no, <laughs> Um, so he probably got fired or is still teaching archery mm-hmm. and molesting little girls. Maybe he's a dooger. <laughs> Dugger. So that was... Sorry, my iced coffee is so loud. I'm going to put it down. <laughs> that was what, the first time you remember drinking at 13? Iced coffee, yeah. That was last year. <laughs> That's the first time I remember it being like a... like I don't remember just like my first time like getting like wasted. But we used to... Um, in middle school, we would go... I had this friend Chris and we would go to his parents would go to town a lot. I don't know why. Or he had his parents were divorced. So his mom would go to town and then his house would be empty. So we would like 
just like raid their liquor cabinet and steal her car and like we wouldn't do anything he would sit literally sit on phone books like super cliche and we would like go to ihop and smoke cigarettes and like we weren't it was weird it was like stealing cars to do fucking nothing just to steal them and then in high school we were pretty bad too but um everyone from my high school is pretty much just dead or in prison fucking crazy shit but uh there's a couple that are okay there's one kid kamalu who's who wrote this book called Buck that's like doing really well. What, what kind of book is it? It's about his experience. At, we went to an alternative high school and it's about his experience as like an inner city black kid like in gangs and how he like went to the school and it helped him out of it. I think the school fucking sucked. Was it alternative because you were a juvenile delinquent? It was, yeah, they sent, well, some of the kids, it was like the kids on the fringe. So it would be like um, juvenile delinquents would be sent there. If you got kicked out of your public school, the public school would pay you to send there. Or it was like artsy, so there'd be some arts kids in the arts, and then also just like full on autistic kids, like thought there were horses galloping down the hallway, which I was like a little bit half of juvenile delinquent and Asperger's. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I actually chose, I didn't get kicked out of public school, I just chose to go there because I was like, this seems fun. And your brother, did your brother go? Mm-mm. No, he was fine. They were good. Except he wasn't that good, but he just did it at the more appropriate time. I think I did it so young that it was like, really terrifying for them because like if you look at a 14 year old now and i know you are looking at me but (laughs) like how didn't you think you were like so grown up that was like the year where i was like i fucking know everything screw you mom and dad i'm gonna marry my boyfriend brad in prison currently took my virginity on a waterbed not that's not why he's in jail um (laughs) i think i can't find out that much i i don't know why i can't find his mugshot which kills me inside i Mm -hmm. just want it so bad it'd be the best throwback thursday but he um I think it was for, from what I understand, heroin and like he was like robbing people because for heroin money and a lot of burglary and theft and stuff like that. How old were you when this waterbed virginity taking I was 14. Happened? It was this year. It was wow. yesterday. Wow. But I also like felt like I felt like a late bloomer because all my friends were so bad. I had my friend in middle school. Um, she was so, she like lost her virginity before she got her period and she dated this guy who was like the Sicilian guy. Wrong. It's so wrong. But it was a Sicilian guy who like looked like he was in his twenties, but mm-hmm. he was like 15 maybe or 14. <laughs> I don't know. He was like maybe a year older than us, but he looked so old that it felt like, like this is not, <laughs> I think he can go to prison for looking that old and taking yeah. virginity. But she would like have sex with him at school, like in the boiler room and stuff. Like really like, so I would look at her and I'm like, oh, I'm like this prude next to her. (laughs) And I remember like having sex and like totally not being ready to have sex, but being like, had to like show my game face. I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, this is totally, yeah, this is great. I love this hurts. I hate this. When do you think you would have been ready? I don't think I'm ready yet. I honestly (laughs) think I'm not ready. (laughs) I try to use that on my boyfriend all the time. (laughs) She's not ready. We've only been dating for two years. Um, so what made you, I have two questions. We have to address both of them mm-hmm. at some point. They are, what made you decide to get sober and how did that go? And then how did you get into comedy? Do whichever one you want. Um, I got sober because that's the same answer. Oh. I got sober. Yeah, I got sober because I wanted to do comedy. I moved to New York. I can't remember the exact time I wanted to be decided I wanted to be a comedian but I always kind of like had an inkling towards it. I was not a comedy nerd. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't not a comedy fan. You know, I would watch specials and stuff, but I feel like most people who claim that they were comedy nerds might not have been. Well, now they I can't that claim that there. they love Bill Cosby. I feel like yeah. everyone's like, well, I just love Bill Cosby. It's like, well, 
There you go, comedy nerds. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking rapist sympathizers. Um, <laughs> that's so amazing. I love so much that that happened. But I'm um, sorry for the victims, but I'm mm-hmm. enjoying. Um, the schadenfreude. It was, yeah, exactly. I think I'm German. <laughs> I laugh a lot when people fall. But um, <laughs> so I moved to New York to do comedy because I was like, I wanted to do comedy. I was in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I mean, what a fucking... Which is where you went to college. I went to college at the College of Santa Fe. It went out of business two weeks after I graduated. It took me eight years to get my undergrad. I got Wait, an F in racquetball. Why did you go there? Um, I went there... Well, I graduated, I graduated um, high school when I was 16 because I love to make people think it's because I was smart, but it was just, I went to this like weird school and they just let me pretty much. Um, I, sorry, I just gave you this look like, yeah, I can't I take just, it all in. Was it, it your, wasn't um, real, my, my high school wasn't real. Like I don't understand. Was like, it an actual diploma or was it that thing that you It was, was not like a, a GD. Okay. It was a diploma, but it's like the school, like I remember getting kicked out of class by a teacher who I don't understand why she was working with kids that were not in kindergarten. But I remember she kicked me out of class for being disruptive. And she said, I want you to go outside and pick five red leaves and come back in. And I'm like, I can't accept that that's my punishment. Like I can't believe. So I just went out and I, I was just smoking cigarettes, not in the, in the cigarette smoking place. And I remember the principal came out and bummed to smoke but he was like he was like you can't smoke out here and i was like can i just tell you what deb we called our teachers by the first name i'm like can you tell us can i let you know who, what deb just <laughs> fucking told me to do and then he was like all right you can smoke like he was just like ugh. like it just wasn't i remember cursing out um my math teacher just getting a fight with me like fuck you david you don't <laughs> understand i don't want to learn algebra uh. and he's like you're gonna want to learn it one day and i'm like fuck you and then he went to the principal and was like, you got to give her detention or something. She can't go out to lunch. Mm-hmm. Make her and, pick leaves. And then they <laughs> apologized to me. Like, sorry, he got out of hand. And I was like, it's so crazy. Like, the things, we stole a car. We stole this kid's car. This kid, um, who I just became friends with on Facebook. And I was like, isn't it funny that we used to steal your car? And he's like, that really hurt my feelings that you got to do that. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry. Um, but he had a Chrysler LeBaron that had... The key had twisted off in the ignition. Mm. So all you had to do was break into the car and then you could just take his car anywhere. Um, So whenever he would go on like a field trip or anything, we would steal his car. And eventually he started like pressing charges against us because we just kept doing it. Who's the we? Who'd you do this with? Um, I did it with my best friend. Deb and David. Deb and David. Actually... We did go to Mexico on a school trip and they all got fucking wasted and tried to blame it. The teachers were like walking into walls. And I remember that one teacher tried to blame it on, he said he had, um, it must have been a mix up with his malaria medicine and his Pepto-Bismol. And we're like, <laughs> bro, you're fucking blackout drunk. <laughs> um, but yeah, everything was out of control with that school. Um, and then what was I just saying about you were, I think you were, you said you graduated at 16 and you were explaining. Why oh yeah. And then I'm getting back to New Mexico. Yeah. But, uh, I'll just finish the stealing Hadley's car story or stealing that guy's car. Um, he, um, finally was like, all right, you guys are, I'm like going to make you go to jail for doing this. So the teacher, but when we would steal the car, we would go buy weed in the city. There was a street Luzerne that you could just like drive down in the city and they'd just be like, what do you want? Weed? What? Why does weed dipped in formaldehyde? And um, wait, why would you want that? I it just gets you really fucked up. Okay. It's like literally the worst thing in the world. It's like you can feel your brain squeaking. It's like really bad. <laughs> and you're just like, I'm definitely going to die of this. This is definitely like the taste of it. You're like, this is poison. Um, but uh, so we would go buy the weed there and then drive back 
to school and the parking spot that we that he had parked in was gone so he knew we had definitely stolen it from him so <laughs> we're so high i have like 10 bags of chips when i get called into the office and i just say that i didn't do it and they're like we appreciate your honesty <laughs> and they just didn't get in trouble <laughs> I just is this didn't. school still in business? Yeah, and I think they're better now. It's <laughs> just so funny that I think they're better now, but I do just, I'm like, I'm salty. You know salty, right? The term salty, that's a Philly term. Yeah. Is that like salty? Yeah, you're just like fucking, I'm like bitter about it. I'm like, fuck that school. It's just, just bitter and raunchy and kind of rah, Yeah, rah, rah, rah. fuck you guys. Well, it's just like, I didn't learn anything. I learned more playing, I played that game Trivia Crack for a while the app did you ever play that no but i is it still around because I, I think, think it I'd might be still be around it. there was like a big like jump for it like a couple months ago but i learned a lot just playing the trivia crack about history and stuff like way more than i learned in high school and that sounds like a joke but it's dead serious we my one of my history classes we watched the simpsons <laughs> in one of my history classes we played cards yeah what's up with history teachers not teaching anything do you think the teachers are just like cool guys they're like listen we're cool also this teacher everyone called him coach so yes my teachers if you think about it my teachers were like young way younger than i am now my teachers were like young as fuck and i'm like why are they doing this i'm like oh i don't know because they were like 25 they're young right i remember being like you guys are so old (laughs) so you went to new mexico so then i went to new mexico sorry i've aged okay (laughs) I need you with me all the time. Um, so I graduated early from high school and then took a year off. And I was like looking at schools and I wanted to go because I had no proper education. I knew I couldn't go to like a real school. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at schools that were like going to be easy, but like cool. I, at that point, I wanted to be a special ed teacher. I think that's what I was going in for. Or I wanted to be an art major. So I was either going to be like a, I think like a mainstream teacher or a special ed teacher or a or be an art major and fucking blow that degree for no reason. And um, so I went to a bunch of different colleges to check them out, smaller schools. And Santa Fe was the one that I just, the college of Santa Fe, I just, I thought the town was cool and I stayed over the night and just thought the kids were cool. Um, And then I went to school there and thought Santa Fe sucked and hated it and moved back to Philly and went to Temple University for two weeks. (laughs) fucking hated that and then went back to the college of santa fe and then enjoyed santa fe and liked it and then the college went out of business two weeks after i graduated i got an email i was living in new york i just gotten sober i just started doing comedy and i got an email from one of my art teachers that was like um just heads up um you have four incompletes and the college is going out of business in two weeks so Mm -hmm. you have to so i flew out to santa fe two times in one week which i'm still paying that credit card off um and i had to like relearn statistics and all of this weird shit it was just like really crazy and then i graduated for it and it's, it means nothing it's not even like a real place so if you want to say that you graduated from somewhere just say you graduated from college of santa fe because i don't think that they can discredit can't that verify. line i don't think so right i teach statistics there apparently yeah i learned i took it twice actually so you moved to new york and got clean right and you when did you realize you wanted to do comedy so i realized i wanted to do comedy somewhere in new mexico somewhere like during my drinking i i had always been like like funny but like dark like it was definitely like a way to deal with like being bullied and stuff and my family is really funny very roasty like real mean and funny um my dad is my mom tries to be funny which is like (laughs) <laughs> my dad's best bit is just after my mom like tries to tell a joke he just goes like ugh, 
which is good. But um, <laughs> she tries so hard. She's, she and my older brother try very hard, and then everyone else is naturally funny, um, <laughs> which is very sad for them. But um, so I'd always like been funny and I always really liked to make my dad laugh so I always like knew that was something I wanted to do but I was really embarrassed to say I wanted to do comedy because it's like kind of like super cocky right now I don't think so when I hear people say it just because it's like the world I'm in but it's like a really like to say that you think that you should be the one talking like in front of a bunch of people that and they should be listening to you I know exactly what you mean I was just thinking about that I've been thinking about this recently because I feel like now we live in a culture where it's like, whatever you want, just put it out there, put Mm -hmm. it out there to the universe. And I've been thinking, has that message always been there or is it really taking hold now? Because I know that a million years ago when people would ever say, what's your five-year plan? I would always say, I just want to be happy. I was very hesitant to ever really put into words or put out there what I wanted. I I was like, I I want to be dead. (laughs) I I don't want to be alive. I think I was afraid that it it made me too vulnerable to say yeah. exactly what it is that I want. Oh, or it's humiliating. sounds cocky. Yeah. So well, I know exactly what you mean. Well, I write my goals down. If someone, I, and I am notorious for leaving my notebooks everywhere. Mm-hmm. I also, if I'm like in my joke book, I'll just like spontaneously like break into journaling. And it's just garbage talk. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I'm either talking shit on other people or myself. It's like great. Like you'd be like, this is a fucking sociopath. And I'm notoriously leave my notebooks <laughs> everywhere. And it's just the most humiliating. The idea of someone having my goals like written down mm-hmm. in my handwriting is so fucking embarrassing. What are they? My goals yeah. um, to be on this podcast. So dead. I'm done and dead. So if you guys murder me as you <laughs> promised. <laughs> no, but it's like, it's just, it's interesting. Like, cause I had written my goal. I started doing it. Um, that's actually is a little bit related to me quitting drinking because I, I was going to this therapist when I, I moved back. I graduated, sort of graduated from college. Um, but I had those four incompletes and I moved home because I wanted to move to New York to do comedy. But I moved home and I was like really depressed. Um, I had had a broken foot. Like I just was like, so I just was like watching TV on my parents' couch and feeling miserable. Um, and my dad had a friend who was a therapist, which is weird to go to your dad's friend. Um, <laughs> everything's like so inappropriate in my family, no boundaries. Um, but so I went to this guy and he was like, he was like the right therapist for me at that time because he was just like confidence building. Like he'd just be like, you're great. You're special. You're awesome. Like it wasn't like it's validating. Yeah, it was validating, which is what I needed then. Cause I just felt like such a fucking loser. And he had given me this, um, it was CDs then it was a book on CD, um, by this guy, Brian Tracy, it's called goals. And it's just this whole book about like, not giving yourself not believing having self-limiting beliefs and like if you really want to do something you need to like be able to say it and write it down and and like work on ways to get moved towards it and that's like one of the reasons I quit drinking I think because it kind of had put into perspective that I could really do these things because I never was like I want to be a comedian or like I want to try being a comedian I was like that's like really the only thing I want to do um because I was like I'm not going to be a special ed teacher it's just not, I just was like, I would rather do, you know, God's work telling dick jokes. But, um, <laughs> but I just, so I read the book and I found like my old goals. Like I don't do it like all the time, but I do get into these. I just think this guy's like awesome. I've given the book to a bunch of people and read a bunch of his different books or listen to them. I don't read books. Mm-hmm. I have people read them out loud to me in my ear. Um, but, uh, what was I saying? You were saying so that you write your goals down. Oh yeah, I write my goals down. Oh, but I found my old goals book and I'd fucking like the things that I'd written down that I thought were crazy to write down because I was just like this drunk girl, like bartender from New Mexico that had just moved to New York. Mm-hmm. 
that was like not even like a thing that I was actually going to do all this stuff. I did all them. Like I had being on Chelsea lately was on it, which to me at that point had been like insane. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I would never get this, but I'm just going to write this. I had like all of these things like um, written down and I'd done all of them. I was like, that's fucking insane. What Do you remember what else they were? I can't remember. I mean, I think it was like, you know, like get a manager or like get like all these things that seemed like so like crazy at that time. And now I'm like, I don't know. You did them. I did them. So then you just got to make them bigger. How did you get sober? I got sober. I went to my first open mic. So I moved to New York. I was staying on my friend's couch. Um, and I just been saying I wanted to do comedy and I moved there and I wasn't, I just, I just was scared. You know, I think that a lot of it's very common when people are starting out or want to start on comedy. They think that there's like some like rule or something that they're going to find out. And really it's just procrastinating and like, <laughs> avoiding the inevitable like severe pain that you're going to feel doing it um so i just was like you know procrastinating and i was like maybe if i like talk to more comedians or ask more advice which is so embarrassing now thinking about it if i've ever done that mm-hmm. um and so i finally just like went to an open mic and my friend abby who i was staying with came with me and i was still drinking i was like i was pretty drunk because i was nervous and i go up and i have like my jokes written down on a piece of paper and i drop the piece of paper at some point like what a nightmare right like how do i fucking drop the one thing that i need Mm -hmm. at some point i dropped it so i couldn't remember anything i don't remember what i said i completely blacked out i think i just yelled at everyone (laughs) i was like fuck you guys you suck where was the open mic it was at this place called cake shop which i've done a bunch of shows at and i like um i have like a really good relationship Uh with the owner and bartender because of all the history um but I and I had met a comedian, a couple open mic comedians um, who were just who had like maybe they were like a couple years in who had given me some advice. And one of the guys had said, make sure you don't hook up with comedians. If you hook up with comedians, you're not going to be taken seriously. You have to like really make sure you don't get that reputation. I was like, done, of course. <laughs> so then I go to this open mic and I do this fucking whatever I did, which was screaming at everyone. Um, get off stage. I'm super bummed out. And I go to the bar. And this comedian, this micer comes up and he's like, um, oh, don't be down on yourself. And he's like trying to like give me advice. But I like hate I like I didn't think he was funny. And I was just like, fuck you, dude. And he was like, we all have to do it. And in my head, I'm like, this is what I'm going to do for my whole life. And this is like there's no like question whether this is going to be my career or not. So like, fuck you, dude. Don't give me your condescending. Mm-hmm. Like, This might be your hobby. But I'm just like crazy in my head feeling so shitty. My friend Abby had left. This guy keeps buying me drinks, buying me drinks. And I'm like, stop buying me drinks. I'm an alcoholic. I don't want to hang out with you. But like, I'm going to never say no to a free drink ever. And like, I quit Jaeger first. It was like my first thing I quit. And I was doing shots of Jaeger, which I was like, how am I like fucking drinking Jaeger again? This sucks. And so then, you know, fast forward four or five hours and I'm like, or longer than that, to the morning, I wake up and this guy's apartment in um excuse me just burping in bushwick um it's snowing i have like no clue where i am um i'm fully clothed i didn't hook up with him but um which is crazy to like go home with someone and then be like i just came to sleep um, <laughs> which i did all the time i was like oh, i brought my own rape kit so go for it <laughs> don't worry i'll take care of this in the morning um but so i just like went i had gone home with him and i woke up on his air mattress and i was just like so disgusted with myself and i just like had hated this guy and i was just like so mad at him i was just, like so pissed and i just was like i'm never fucking drinking again and i went and met up with my friend abby and i was like i'm seriously never drinking again and i called my friend um uh my friend tate who's actually he's like weirdly in the business now he's like affiliated with all the joe rogan guys and he's um he's a like 
his uh, MMA trainer dude mm-hmm. something but he lived in Santa Fe and he um he actually helped me get sober and so I started going to meetings and I was just originally I was like I'll just quit drinking for 30 days and then I just realized that like I wasn't going to be able to do comedy because I just couldn't trust that I wasn't going to like have sex with one of these fucking nerds I was like I'm gonna end up fucking all the nerds for attention <laughs> and then I'm gonna like ruin my chances so I go back to um the next week I go back to that open mic to do it again and um I get there late and right as I get there, the host is on stage and he goes, well, when that girl comes back, we'll have to make sure we retell that story. And I just know they're talking about me. So Mm -hmm. I just unzip my jacket and go, are you guys fucking talking about me? Like literally taking on the whole open mic. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? And then I find out that he had gone on stage and made it sound like I sucked his dick, which I know for a fact I didn't. But he implied that I sucked his dick, that I'd hooked up with him. And then he made jokes that he sent me to rehab or that he sent me to quit drinking. And I was just so fucking livid. Do I know, would I know who this guy is? I lived never, in New York. You'll okay. never know who he is, which is the most hilarious part. But um, And he's actually gotten sober since and we're fine. But I was there was like years where I was like, you're dead to me. Get away from me. I just was so pissed. So I went up and I said, you know, I had some jokes written, but fuck it. Um, this is all I want to say. I have woken up on park benches in winter not knowing where I am. I've woken up bleeding from my face, not knowing where I fucking crashed my scooter. I've woken up in bikinis in strangers houses that i didn't own before you know like just like i've been through so much shit and i never considered quitting drinking until i woke up on his fucking air mattress <laughs> and dropped the mic i had like a deaf uh-huh. deaf jam moment <laughs> and uh, and then i never drank again because i just it was so attached to my comedy career that i just never i was like i don't think that my career exists without being sober mm-hmm. so or without not drinking so um that was pretty easy it was like it was hard to quit drinking but it was I was so focused on comedy that I was able to like kind of throw myself into that and distract myself. And then I was like able to be proud of myself for stuff. And I wasn't like needing to drink to. Did you do the steps? You know, I, honestly, I also don't drink and I went to AA for a little while, but I didn't do the steps. I hated the steps. I really didn't like the steps. The first step is to admit that you're powerless and that you and give your will away or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, but I just did this. Like I want, and not like in like a, like a cocky, like egotistical way but i'm like i want to like give myself credit for the fact that i did this and i know that the steps work for a lot of people but i mean the idea of having to fucking do the fourth step or whichever the step is where you call people and apologize fuck you bro good did you have a sponsor i had a sponsor i didn't really like my sponsor though she wasn't cool it felt really forced like i just didn't feel like we like clicked and she had a male sponsor who was like he wasn't gay but he was like so Mm non-threatening and so like he wasn't like, I wouldn't say he was like effeminate, but he was just so like, he just, he could play with the girls. And so um, she had him. So I would always talk to him because I just was like more inclined towards, and you're not supposed to like. Have another gender sponsor. Yeah, yeah. And I get that, but it was like, this is not like a, it didn't feel like I was seeking malapproval or anything. It just felt like, I also like wasn't ready to like women yet. I just like wasn't at that point in my life. Do you ever go back to meetings? Uh, no, I was thinking about going with some friends that have like reached out. Like I, I try to like, you know, people will reach out to me here and there and I do try to help them, but it's like, sometimes I'll get caught up. Like one woman, it's like, then you're like, with, you're like in someone's craziness too, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard. Like I'll try to send them in, in like on their way, but I'm not going to be someone's sponsor. I don't work the program. So it's like not appropriate for me to do that. But I like, I guess I went, I went to a meeting out here like a couple years ago, I think. Like, I'll go with friends sometimes, but it's just not, I don't know. I felt really, like, judged. I went for 90 days. I did my 90 and 90. And um, 
And I'm like, when I was accepting my three month trip, I just was like, I'm good. Like I'm done. (laughs) I'm out. Like I said it, I gave my speech and I was Uh like, this has been great guys, but this is usually where I end my relationships too. And I thank you so much. (laughs) I hope you'll still be my friend. They were never, um, a couple of them are still my friends, but I remember like saying, I'm like, I'm just, I don't want to go to the program because I felt like so much pressure from it. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't sure if like the reason I wasn't drinking was, because I was trying to impress all these new friends and that I'd made my whole life these people mm-hmm. or if it was like something that I was going to be able to sustain in my life because I don't have a job where I can just stay away from alcohol and I don't I didn't want to be like afraid of it or like I just felt like I was talking about it so much mm-hmm. that I was almost glorifying it and making it everything about it so that whole like the whole thing about it being a disease I remember being in a meeting once and a girl was like you know, I, she was sharing and she was like, you know, I was in line at the grocery store and I was like, it was just taking so long. And I just was like, fuck, I want to like, oh, I just want to be at the end of this line. And I was like, that is my alcoholism. And I'm like, no, what? Nobody wants to wait in a fucking line. Like, it was just like, <laughs> shut up, babies. Like, I just felt like really like there were moments like of profoundness, like where yeah. people would say things and I would go, I totally relate. But I felt like most of the time I spent in meetings was me comparing myself to other people, either being like, you're a pussy, you didn't even fucking drink that hard, or being like, damn, I wasn't even that bad, you know, where yeah. it just didn't feel like healthy to me. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling like if this is the alternative, hanging out in these church basements, <laughs> drinking this stale ass coffee and these fucking shitty ass like fake Oreos, they never got the real Oreos. <laughs> they always got like fucking bullshit. Store brand. Yeah, I'm like, what the hell is this? Um, <laughs> and they also never had milk for the coffee it was always powdered and creamer so, powdered fucking shitty yeah. ass creamer it was like bank coffee it was so gross <laughs> yeah it was like when you're like well i guess i have nothing else to do right <laughs> um and it just was like weird so i i i just was like if this is the alternative i would rather just like try to see if i can do it on my own so i i went out and i never i never drank and they call it being a dry drunk which i don't really mm-hmm. believe in and i don't think that like my happiness lies in the program or anything. I think it does for a lot of people, but also there's not that many people that have like 90 years that are going there. You know, there's a lot of people that relapse and I think it's, I don't know. It's definitely something I recommend people doing at least for the 90 days, but it's just, I fucking would be so miserable. if I kept going. And what made you move out here? How Um, long, how long did you live in New York? I was in New York for four and a half years and I fucking loved it. I was like, I would work so hard that I would like cry blood. I felt like at the end of the week, you know, just like, ah, were you doing, were you performing like every night? Or I was what? performing. I would perform like, t- like 20 times a week if I could. So I would do like, I would do anywhere up to like five shows a night. And in the beginning it was just open mic. So you're just bombing. Like you're just, it, you're so fucking bad at it. Everyone's so bad at it. And there's, you know, a lot of people will think like they're the funny person at a party or whatever. And so they'll be fine doing stand up. but it's like, it doesn't matter whether you're funny in public because nobody's expecting you to be funny in public. So you always have that element of surprise. So when you go to do open mics, it's this rude awakening where you're like, fuck, like it's such like a hard Mm -hmm. thing to, to master. Um, and so I just like did it a bunch. I just did it so that it, like the bombing didn't really hurt anymore. And then I stopped bombing and, uh, I mean, it still happens sometimes, but, um, and then I started to get booked on regular shows and, so when I left New York, I was doing, I would do like up to four shows a night. Did you have a job in New York as well? I was working as a waitress during the day at this restaurant called Life Cafe that went out of business. Everything I touch goes out of business. 
Are you a Rent fan? My sister is a huge Rent fan, so I know of Life Cafe. I saw it. I did not. It didn't speak to me Thank the way you. it spoke to her. I'm glad that you said that. Yeah, I don't. I was know. so scared. I was like, "What's about to happen?" Because <laughs> because I lit up. You just start over saying, Life Cafe. You just start singing. Yeah, so I just singing numbers. Yeah, of that song. There's candles. With, Ten thousand. I don't know. There's what, candles. I don't know. Right. AIDS, I think. I don't know. Yeah, there's people hanging on catwalks and and. I just ADT made sure I didn't stuff. know facts about the. <laughs> Because I just hate it. Like people would come from like Japan, yeah, and they had the rent registers, which were just books, and people would sign it. I'm like, the fucking, he's dead. The guy who wrote it's dead. They're not real characters. Jonathan Larson. So Jonathan actually Larson. Know that, yeah. Didn't die of AIDS. Nine, I know an aneurysm. I think he died of Be- a the, heart before aneurysm. the show or heart premiered, thing. right? Right before, I think. So really he didn't even sad. know all the nerds yeah. he inspired. It's interesting. It's interesting how much that really does speak to some people. But again, I'm not one of them. Although I enjoyed it, it just. Didn't I feel I'm like more of a phantom person? <laughs> I feel like I am too like I'm too much of like a juvenile delinquent, and like I wear too much pleather to like ever like admit. Like if I liked Ren, it would be like my deepest darkest mm-hmm. secret. I would never be like wouldn't even be in your goal book. I would yeah, I would lie to my goal book. Right. I would lie in my journal. Well, it's it's a gigantic hunk of cheese. Mm, it really is. But you worked at Life Cafe. Did you live? In the East Village? I didn't. I lived in I lived in Brooklyn. I lived in um I started out living in Bedsty, which was fucking terrifying and yeah. super fun. Coming from Santa Fe, it was like I'm like, this is my life is in danger at all times. This is so <laughs> crazy. Getting like hardcore hit on by like old black dudes mm-hmm. where I'm like, I can't believe you can still see me just saying crazy things. And it was like just such like a complete like awesome culture shock and something I really needed. And um and I think I was very distracted by just get because I got sober like probably a month and a half in or two months into moving to New York. So I was really distracted. And it's like getting sober, you're pretty selfish. You're like pretty much the most selfish person on earth at that point. And no one cares. Mm-hmm. No one's really gives a shit that you're getting sober <laughs> until you've like really changed. No one cares. Um, and then I lived in Greenpoint and I lived in where everyone thought I was Polish if I frowned. Mm-hmm. And then I lived in... Um, I, the last place I lived in was Williamsburg. So it was fun. I mean, I lived all over the place and I liked living in Brooklyn and then being able to work in the lower East or in the um, Alphabet City. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what brought you out here? I was doing, I started doing Chelsea and I was flying out um, once every three weeks. And it just was like, I was like, breaking were you doing even. it once, once every three weeks? Yeah, I would do it like once every three weeks. I did it for a year and a half. And um, so I was flying out and then. Uh, it just, I was breaking even and it just seemed like maybe the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I was coming out for pilot season anyway, even though my manager at the time sucked and I didn't really have anything. I didn't really do anything except Chelsea, but it was fun. It was like, it was always fun to come to, it felt easier to do comedy coming from New York and coming to LA. Um, so it was like nice. Um, now I think it's a little bit harder just because it's just a different type of work ethic here. And it's just not, I don't know. I don't have as much joy in stand-up as I did in New York, I think. Wait, why do you think that is? I just don't, um, you can, like, you can perform a lot. But I performed, like, five times a night in New York. And I perform, perform like, three or four times a week here. Like, that's so different. And it's mm-hmm. just not the same. And I, I mean, that's, that's me, too. I think I've just gotten a lot more comfortable. Like, I live with my boyfriend and I... You know, I, I'm focused on so many like TV things and I'm I'm working on stuff during the day. So it's not like the focus isn't like 100% stand up, which to me like makes me feel off and not good mm-hmm. because stand up is like the thing that I love the most and makes me feel the most rewarded. So the fact that I'm not just like 
nonstop doing stand-up feels like pretty shitty. But I mean, I go on the road more here and stuff. So there's definitely like you give up, um, you give up a lot, but you get a lot. How did you start doing Chelsea? Um, I, I think they saw me in Montreal. I did the Montreal Comedy Festival in 2012, I believe, um, which was really awesome. I just, I'd only auditioned twice. Like I was like pretty new. So it was pretty cool. I did, um, the unrepped new faces. So I didn't have a manager or anything at that point and ended up getting a manager out of it and, um, had kind of a crazy time in Montreal. Like when I went like nuts, I just, it was my first experience with industry. I like, didn't realize that everyone is just like smoke blowers. I had no <laughs> fucking clue. Cause I just had such a bad set. I was so confident going in. I remember like telling the the bookers, like I had auditioned twice. I had my call back and they had been really like very encouraging that I was going to get the festival and like don't sign with anyone we want to send you on rep so I was like turning down managers and stuff and like really like pretty sure I was going and then after my callback the booker was seeming like a little bit less less like I was gonna go and I was like you have to send me I was like I will crush I will kill I promise I'm ready for this I want it one of the bookers asked me if I wanted to go that year or the next year and I was like I'm not gonna need it next year I need <laughs> it this year I was like I got this like so cocky two years into comedy and um and then I went and just bombed so hard. <laughs> I mean, everyone, I'll give myself the credit, everyone did except one guy. Joe Mackey like crushed so hard. And it was just I remember being so devastated. And it was like there were a lot of circumstances involved. Like the show was like really late. It was in like a loud place. It was just industry. They were all sitting in the back. Like all the front was empty. And like there were a lot of things, but it was just like I just imagined like I was just gonna kill and like get like, you know, they're like, you're gonna get a sitcom or whatever. And um, I didn't think that, but I thought that I would get some, like it would be good. And I just, when it was a shitty show, I just was like, what? And then, you know, to have like agents come out afterwards and be like, you were amazing. And I'm like, what do you, f- I just bombed motherfuckers. What the hell are you talking about? So that was like humbling and, and uh, interesting. And it ended up being fine. I mean, I think I got Chelsea from it. Honestly, I think they saw me, the other showcases were good. The first one was just really bad. Mm-hmm. I remember it was all industry and Howie Mandel. <laughs> I'm just like Howie Mandel. What the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> of all the people, I love little monsters. <laughs> um, but so then I think I got it from there, and then I done a Fox showcase, and that's when I met the Booker Michael Cox. Was I d- did a Fox showcase at the Hollywood Improv, and then um, started doing that um, pretty soon after that, and that was like so huge. It was like such a big break for me because I had just done nothing. I mean, I just come back from like bombing in a festival, and then I was like, oh shit, I'm on TV um it was really fun but i would fly out all the time and i was breaking even so i was like i'll just move out here i was like living in a car it was pretty tragic <laughs> i was like living in a car and then going to do chelsea how long did you live in a car um, just like jewel yeah i was like jewel except shittier tits and better teeth <laughs> um and she has more money than me now um but so i don't i i stayed at my friend mike's house for a while like i lived at people's houses for a while and then i never like consecutively lived in my car but i would be like too embarrassed to ask people for a place to crash so mm-hmm. i would like stay in my car like a couple nights a week or something just because i just it just was so you get to that point you can't like look anyone in the eye anymore like i have nothing to offer you but i wasn't like i was still paying my rent in new york i hadn't quite given up my uh my experience of living in new york i was not ready i still am not oh i feel the same way and i've been here I moved here in um, 2010, so yeah. I moved back, and I still, so I still great. miss it. So it's just so like special. I don't know. It's so fun, 
Every time I go Everything's back, more glamorous and romantic there, except sometimes if it's really hot, it's not that, that way It's at disgusting. All. Yeah. Well, all of the weather is terrible. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's moments. But at least they of, have it. Yeah, I know. Except Here, for the heat. I can't stand that. I don't that. like, though, it does feel so, it's so boring to have nice weather. Yeah. I never grew up with nice, it's not like, remember how amazing fall was? You'd be like, oh mm-hmm. my God, it's fucking fall. This is so incredible. Like, and you know, from growing up where we grew up, it's like, it's so pretty and amazing and you've suffered through something and you have something to look forward yeah. to and you know like you have to love summer because you know it's gonna like go away and you're gonna be fucking putting chains on your tires and but just surviving in new york feels like you're accomplishing something exactly you're it's so much proud of yourself. easier out here but i remember when i moved out here i was like i had this like epiphany where i was like maybe i wasn't working that hard i just was moving a lot and feeling <laughs> like i was working really hard and maybe you don't have to work that hard but i feel like in my like who I am as a person has to be like, feel like I'm overwhelmingly like workaholic working or I feel like such a loser. Well, it sounds like you have a pretty addictive personality. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's probably, uh, <laughs> it's probably my disease. Right. That's your disease talking. I probably need a step that will get me through that. <laughs> Let's do just me or everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me? Or everyone. But first, let's talk about Squarespace. Do you have a website? And do my you website, website is down. It's down. My website is down. Oh my god! Was that because it was so difficult to try to put it together? And you know, I like was, Squarespace been, help I, you. Can I tell you something about Squarespace? Yes, please. That um, I only tr- if it's positive. I I had my website was it wasn't Wix. It was Flavors. And I was like, finally, like, you know what? I don't have any, that much money, but I'm gonna, like, I'm ready to spend some money to get someone to make my website for me. And I texted the guy who I know did, like, Amy Schumer's website, and he's done a bunch of websites. He's a friend of mine, like, pretty much my only friend that I know has done comedy websites. And he was like, oh, I don't do it anymore. There's no need. You should do Squarespace. There you go. Allison Rosen is your new best friend is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform. The thing, and because I've been doing a lot of snooping, I guess it's not really snooping. It's just using the internet, yeah. but looking at a lot of different websites. And I swear every website where I'm like, I love the way that looks turns out to be Squarespace. The sites look professionally designed regardless of your skill level with no coding required. They're intuitive and there's easy to use tools, state of the art technology, powering your site to ensure security and stability trusted by millions of people, including my dentist. I've talked before. I, I keep telling this story, but I have to tell it because I just find it so kind of ridiculous it had been a long time since i'd gone to the dentist i didn't have trench mouth like your you teeth did. are amazing oh these old things they're great <laughs> just kidding you can't I just tell that on this podcast smile yes, but... in a real <laughs> offensive and obnoxious way she spittled i did um it had been a while and i thought you know i bet my dentist has a website now because i don't know what his phone number is so i'm just gonna search and he did and it was this thing that looked amazing, but not overly flashy. Because when I had a conversation with him, he didn't want an overly flashy website because <laughs> he didn't feel like he's an overly flashy guy. Right. But he, he did. Uh, he had chosen a, a pineapple to represent him. And the website even explains why. But there's also like, there's pictures of the waiting room and there's all the stuff they do. And anyway, it works. Squarespace was good enough for him uh, with their state of the art technology. No, I already, I already said they have state of the art technology. I'm giddy because of Squarespace um, and starts at $8 a month and you get a free domain if you sign up for a year. Start your free trial site today with no credit card required at squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure 
This is important, you guys. Make sure to use the offer code BESTFRIEND to get 10% off your first purchase. That's squarespace.com. Use the offer code BESTFRIEND, all one word, BESTFRIEND. Squarespace, build it beautiful. I really am going to do that. You should do that. Use the code best friend. Also, isn't pineapple like shitty for your teeth? I wondered about that. It's like it mango-ish bad. Kind of We're like, acidic. why do I need fucking dental floss after I eat this? Are mangoes bad for your teeth? Haven't you ever bitten into a mango and been like, all of a sudden, holy shit, there's like strings of mango in my teeth? I guess you're right. Yeah. Once, this is going to sound so crazy. I was in um, Central America and I was spelunking. I was caving. And I came out on the other side of this market and I was covered in dirt, like really like head to toe covered in dirt. Don't speak Spanish. Totally fucked. And someone gave me a mango and I bit into it and it was like the worst experience of my life because I had all that shit in my teeth. but My hands were so dirty. It's like worse than celery. It was the worst. It was the worst. Yeah. Celery almost seems like you could actually use it right. to get it out. Yes. Yes. All right. Johnny Primo says, once I get home from grocery shopping, I open a snack, usually chips and salsa, to eat while putting them away. Oh, I think many, many. Oh, sorry. I need to explain what Just Me or Everyone is to you. This is a segment where people write in and they wonder, is it just me or is it everyone? Right, and then, and we, then we weigh them. in. We shame them. Yeah. No, no, no. We this don't is all shame about shaming, them. right? No. We are we are. You're open. not like my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> no. In fact, occasionally someone will come on the show and will think this is a chance to make fun of people. And I'll have to say, no, Greg Proops. <laughs> uh, we he's love so good at making he, fun he's of people. He's so good. He even came up with a little song about like, I used to play snippets of it. It was when we did a live show at the LA Podcast Festival and Doug Benson and Greg Proops were the guests and he came up with this song that was like, there's a chicken on my stoop, I'm afraid of pudding, or, and it was but all about just me or everyone. Was he improvising? Yes. Good for He's very talented. He's great. Very He was talented. just on this show very recently. He's so good. But so anyway, when you go grocery shopping, do you open up a snack as you put away your groceries? Well, my boyfriend does everything for me, so I will have him open me a snack. <laughs> I'm an eater, so I'm usually eating. I'm usually How- shoving and crying and... How did you meet this guy? Um, he works at the Hollywood Improv. He's a sound guy. How the long cute guys, one. How long have you guys been? The cute improv? No, the cute. I mean, there's there's a couple guys that work there. And people, I'm sometimes horrified by the people, <laughs> the person that people think I'm dating. I'm like, oh, no, not that one. <laughs> um, uh, two years. Almost two years. We moved right in. You know, when you live in a car, you kind of have to move in on the first right, date. Right, right. But it seems to be working out well for you. Yeah. I mean, he's my little housewife. He just got a second <laughs> job though. I'm fucked. What's he doing now? He's working at some sound school. Hmm. So he takes it seriously, the audio. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he should. I think he should be doing more fun things. (laughs) Does he ever get upset that he does everything? No, not at all. Does he really do? Like, does he do all the dishes? He he does every single thing. I think he's, he's OCD and I'm fucking disgusting. So he knows that I'm not gonna, there's nothing will be cleaned. So he just cleans it. But he really doesn't, he never resents me. He's the nice, I've never dated such a nice guy. Or I've been, I've never been able to accept a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Nice guys, I'm usually like, get away from me, pussy. <laughs> so I have to think that I'm going to die or be beaten to death. I guess that's two dying. That's two types of dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but one it might be faster. Yeah, that's Bruce true. Bruised by Dawn says, just mirror everyone, can't believe something as simple as etc. can be pronounced in so many ways. What are the other ways? Et cetera. Et cetera. Or et cetera. Are also, we missing some how major often ones? do I spell the abbreviation wrong? Do you ECT, spell it wrong? I'll go ECT a lot. I do ECT. I can immediately notice that it's wrong, but I usually go first. Oh, you go, I'll go act. E- yeah, I'll right. go act and I go fuck. Okay. 
I'm with you. Barbara Perez says, if I use a plunger, I want to throw it out because of what it touched, but then worry I'll be stuck without one. So I keep it. Um, There is no way to feel like you've really rinsed the plunger well. It's disgusting because then you're contaminating other parts of your bathroom. Right. Like if you take it and rinse it off in the bathtub or something. And it drips shit drip. Right. All over your toilet seat. I feel like the best you can do is just kind of like swirl it around in the clean water. Yeah. It's not ever going to be okay. But they should have mm-hmm. figured that out by now. Yeah. There should be disposable plunger. It should like slough off. I feel a plunger like skin. We should just have bidets. Why do we not have bidets? America <sighs> needs a bidet. Little butt splash. Does a bidet have... A bidet is just like a faucet, an extra toilet-shaped faucet, right? Well, yeah, I guess you're right. It's not in the toilet. Um, oh, there are some that have that, though. I just remember there was an infomercial for this thing that was... It was called bidet Olay. <laughs> like, bidet, bidet, bidet Olay. And, they, and it was like an attachment you could put on your toilet. Uh-huh. And um, I just, every woman was orgasming in the commercial. It was just like a total woman's masturbation. Wow. It was like, what do women, the um, the water picks too. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I never I don't remember that. how I learned that. I feel like it was probably from, we used to steal my parents' porns. And one of the porns they had was just the thing, the better sex videos, the like instructional videos from the back of Play, Playboy. Mm-hmm. And I think that I learned that that's what women use it for on there, which is really horrifying. Everyone was ugly. It was all old couples. It was really gross. Wow. Wow. Sex is weird. Have you ever bought anything from an infomercial? Um, I bought, I I'd, I'd used P90X, but I didn't buy it. And I did use, to, I bought some exercise things. I bought Maury Windsor or something. There was like a, this was like years ago, it was a tape. Mm-hmm. I was really young. I was like two. Um, it was like Pilates and then there was one that was like some core workout and it would come with like a ball and stuff. And I don't think I've ever bought, but I used to get really into it. I would fall asleep with the TV on and wake up and be like, I got to buy this shit. I used to love the infomercial for NADS. Do you remember NADS, the hair removal? I don't know what it was that I found so spellbinding about it. I was watching hair get ripped off of people. You're like, oh my God. But also like it was all natural Mm -hmm. and it was a soothing color. And they'd always eat it. They're always going to be like, you can eat it. Why? But I got NADS. You did? I forgot. I got NADS. I also got proactive. I got all, I actually got all of them. I've heard proactive works. I don't think it did, but maybe, I don't know. I just, and I just, the celebrities that definitely don't use it really pisses me off. Do you not think Jessica Simpson uses proactive? She actually might. She's a little little WT. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Adam Levine, you don't fucking use it, but I did appreciate seeing his horrible acne. It made me feel so fucking good. (laughs) It was like joy in my heart. Um, Wait, did NADS work though? NADS sort of worked. I remember I would like do my bikini line. It would make me bleed a little. Mm. It also, I think they, they got in trouble for like burning people. And then I would, I was like waxing my arms. This was like my freshman year in college. Very recently. Um, <laughs> and I would like do my arms and stuff, but it would like, it wasn't. Is that how it would work? You'd, yeah, it was like a wax. But I think it was just it from the commercials that I would do my arms because who knew that even arm hair was like a thing? Right. Except from that one Seinfeld. <laughs> I was like, now I have to be insecure about something else. Cool. Marvin the Earthling says, just me or everyone, when visiting another state, feel like my home state is being judged based on what I do. Hashtag repping New Jersey. NJ. I think that's New Jersey. Yeah. Um, no, I don't. I don't feel like I represent California like at all. Maybe, Are you where are you from in California? Uh, Orange County. Oh, you are. Yeah, but I was born in Oakland, and I like to make sure everyone knows that. For yeah, those, you're not like cred. a crazy old Republican. I'm not. It's so weird. But I did grow up around there. there. Yeah, 
Oh, where do you do it? Like when I go to Irvine. Yeah. It's so weird. I'm always like, oh, you fucking weirdos. I always say the same thing when they're getting their check. I'm always like, because you can tell the Republican by how long they take Mm -hmm. to calculate because 20% is such an easy equation. But they're like, what's 7%? (laughs) I'm like, just give her an extra dollar. You're not donating it to Planned Parenthood. What are you going to use it for? You fucking scumbags. Do they and sometimes laugh? I'll just be like, yeah, if you if I call them out right away, I'm like, you hate my president. <laughs> <laughs> you monsters. Darcy McDonald says, just me or everyone, I'll spend 10 minutes rearranging the almost full dishwasher so as not to hand wash one item. Yes. Never I, used a dishwasher. It. I've had sex with some dishwashers, but I've never done a dishwasher. <laughs> no, I don't know. Maybe I used to have a dishwasher. Maybe I would do that. I don't know. It depends on whether I took Adderall or not. If I took Adderall, I'm going to fucking get that shit perfect are you someone who doesn't enjoy a dishwasher though or no dishwashers are great i don't have a dishwasher now um besides the living breathing one but (laughs) um yeah i i had a dishwasher at one point um when my dad still paid my rent and was that in new mexico it was in new mexico i had a two-bedroom what a spoiled you had your own two-bedroom my best friend and i lived across the sidewalk from each other we both had two two bedrooms with one empty room well rent was probably pretty cheap in new mexico it was 860 for both of those rooms it's pretty good carpeted my dog fucking diarrhea all over there she ate punky she ate bag bomb i had to use um dawn oil cutting to get it out it's really gross what did you use bag bomb for? And I know bag bomb because I went to the world's worst summer camp where I milked a cow and we had to spread the bag bomb on the cow teats. And that smell brings me back to that. Oh camp. Oh my God. You went to like a summer camp where they were like trying to teach you things. Yes. And you're like, this is summer camp, motherfucker. Right. I thought I was supposed kissed. to be doing arts. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Instead so of gimp yeah. and I'm supposed to get kissed. I'm supposed to be like a, what were the box gimp? Remember gimp? What is gimp? It was like lanyard. Oh, that like plastic. Yes, yes. Yeah. No, we didn't even we didn't make one lanyard, let alone. A I lot. learned how to make candles and stuff, but I was like, why do I ever need to learn how to make candles? We were just, it was fun camp though. Um, so yeah, you had bag bomb, bag bomb for. I used it for. I think I used it on my lips, and then I used it for. I think I had read somewhere that I would put it on my cuticles, and then I would wear gloves to bed. Oh, what a dork! <laughs> how embarrassing. Corey Jackson says, "Panic when another driver taps their brakes because I'm convinced they saw a cop I didn't see." No, I don't have that. I definitely will like slam on the brakes if I think there's a cop, but. I don't panic when I see, I mean, when I see someone slam on the brakes, I assume they're just texting. <laughs> Everyone's always texting and they're always driving slow as fuck and like stopping and traffic. Yeah. Like, oh, you're definitely texting. Scumbags. Mandy Pants says, just me or everyone, I smile when I type a smiley face emoticon. Yes, I use them. Don't judge me. They are fun and perfectly reflect my feelings. Okay. I must declare. <laughs> I don't normally declare things. Usually I proclaim. I've come around on emoticons. Mm-hmm. I was very back in the days when it was just yep. a side, just a, a colon and a parentheses. Mm-hmm. I was very opposed to them. Yeah, I thought they were ridiculous. Person, Thank cool. you. I think that emojis are kind of cute, and I like them. And when people put them in messages, I'm okay with it. Also, right. I've explained my back and forth feelings about exclamation points and someone left me a facebook comment recently and she said that she went back and she took out some exclamation points and look how i'm affecting her and i thought i don't want to be affecting you in this negative way use your exclamation points i'm just saying i personally feel that i overuse them oh it's so annoying because i work with e a lot i hate that they're like how dare you put an exclamation point in the fucking name (laughs) of your network i feel humiliated every time i have to write it right and then it always capitalizes the next letter i'm like i just yes that's the problem i do a lowercase e and i'm just like you figure it out maybe there's a typo maybe i'm on he network maybe i'm on e network (laughs) deal with it 
Um, Addie says, and this is a gal chat, just mirror everyone. Feel like I need to dress to impress when I go to a salon for fear of judgment and poor service. I'm making Jeff use all his limbs <laughs> and even ones that he doesn't have. Gal Thank chat. you. I'll read it again. <laughs> Feel like I need to dress to impress when I go to go to a salon for fear of judgment and poor service. I don't have that as much as if I'm going to a new hair person, I always wonder, should I wear makeup or should I not wear makeup? Because if I don't wear makeup, what if they don't really get a sense of like what, what I really look like? And what if they think I'm, what if they do my hair differently? I don't think that's how it works That is though. smart. But I never put on makeup just because I'm going to get my hair cut. That's the thing. Because I refuse to put on more than I need for a given situation. I don't know when I became this way. I just started wearing more makeup because I was like, I can't. What am I doing? This is crazy. Because I just look like I'm like dragged myself out of bed. <laughs> I'm like I just like unburied myself from being buried alive. But I feel like sometimes I like to dress like shit when I go get my hair done. First of all, you're supposed to go with dirty hair to get your hair done. It mm-hmm. holds on to the color more. But I like to look like shit because I like there to be like a good and I would never like post a before and after picture, but it's for me. Do you remember the infomercials where they would do like makeup? Oh, you know what else I got? The fucking Bare Minerals. Oh, really? Another one I got. I used that for years. But I loved when they would do like the makeovers and they would do Mm -hmm. like half the face. I used to put my makeup on one half at a time. Really? Just to see the difference. So I feel like I kind of like feel that way when I go to the salon. But when I do go to get um, pedicures and stuff, I am humiliated by my hairy legs sometimes. That I will do. I'll like shave enough. Right. All right. Well, you, that's kind of dressed. Like one of my like the hairiest toes. You don't want to be the one with the hairiest. No. I I mentioned this on the Thursday show. I recently got a manicure and a pedicure, and then I went back and I got another manicure. It's like I'm really becoming a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a guy that came in to get a manicure while I was uh-huh. there, and I feel like I recognized him. I don't know from where though. Do you normally see men there? A couple men will come in. They'll be older. And then um, I I remember watching last time the one lady was very chatty girl. She said, um, "What color do you want?" And he and I don't know if she was kidding. <laughs> and he was offended, and he was like, "Wrong guy." And I'm like, "Don't try to man up. You're getting right. a fucking pedicure, yeah. bro." What are you, a woman? Yeah, <laughs> that's the aforementioned Greg Proops, <laughs> the one so who great. mocks people from Just Me or Everyone. <laughs> All right, and this is our final Just Me or Everyone, and then we will be saying goodbye to Periscope. Um, for the listener who's like, what are you talking about? Now, you know, we periscoped for a little while. Zintrady says, when someone says, quote, my butt itches, I think they are, re- oh, this is a good one. I think they are referring to their butt cheeks as opposed to the hole. Mm. This is a real classic, classic Alice Rose is your new best friend question. Does butt refer to the hole or the buns? I... I- I would say butthole if it was butthole, I think. You would. I'm a fan of the word butthole, a big fan. I've been trying to get it to trend on Twitter. It never does. Every mm-hmm. time I do it at midnight, I try to throw it in there and they edit it out every time. Um, I would make it a condition of returning. I'm just like, please. I'm like, come on. If yeah. you want this stuff back on your show, <laughs> you're gonna need to accept on your my popular show, you're going to need it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm a big fan of the word butthole, so I'd probably say that. But I think butt itch could be... I think it could be either, honestly. Right. Because if someone says my butt itches, the next question is... Inside or outside? Right. And depending on how big your butt is, you could have a flat butt. It could be both. True. Could be a whole. Yeah. But I usually, if my butt itches, I'm not saying it. I'm probably, you're probably watching me itch my butt. Mm -hmm. I'm not graceful. A real inside butt itch is very uncomfortable. Mm. You can really only. nails. (laughs) I would, would you, I, I, I mean, I would just clench. Hope it goes away. 
You know, I'm a big fan of baby wipes, and I think that oh. I think we should all start carrying them. They come in smaller packages. I don't. I haven't done that before, but I think my life would be better if I just had a butt wipe because usually it's just you just need a little wiping, right? I guess you need an right. extra little wiping, and you have the protection of the cloth and the mm-hmm. wetness. And um, I think that that would probably clear it up, but probably not the butt cheek. You probably just need to scratch. So if you go to the bathroom and all there is is toilet paper, are you bummed? I mean, usually that's all. I mean, like at my house, if we're out of butt wipes, like I'm sending my housewife out immediately. (laughs) Excuse me, Ben. (laughs) What is going on here? (laughs) All right. That was delightful. I loved it. I loved it too. I like being able to be positive with people. It's not often that you get to do that. My line of work. Okay, let's say goodbye to them. Goodbye, Bye, you guys. You guys were so awesome. I know. Tell them my boobs were big. And get butthole trending. Butthole. Hashtag butthole, please. That's all I want. All right. Well, we talked about beds earlier. We talked about you using, mm-hmm. losing, excuse me, losing your virginity. Gotta use it or lose it. Or both. Water bed, mm-hmm. which sounds disastrous. It's a nightmare. You slept in a car. How's your bed situation these days? It's a good bed. It's, um... It's a leftover from my boyfriend's old apartment. Um, moved into our new apartment. We'll probably get a new one. I don't know if you know anywhere to get a good well, one. Well, I would recommend a Casper. Oh. Have you heard of Casper? I haven't. I've, you the haven't? ghost I've heard of. I would love to sleep ghost-like. Yeah. Well, Casper is the best. They're revolutionizing the bed industry the way okay. people are buying beds. Because the old way that you buy a bed would be that you go to a mattress store and you try out different beds for like 10 and minutes. And it's a humiliating, infuriating situation. I always they're hardcore get, salesmen. Yes. Yes. Um, and there's always like a cross section of a bed somewhere and you're like, oh, that's what's inside that. Um, yeah. The thing is what they realized is that trying out a bed for 10 minutes like does nothing to in terms of the actual satisfaction that you'll yeah. end up. Like whether – that doesn't really teach you anything. It just makes you think that – uh, you have some sense of it, but you can actually buy a bed online. And so Casper has cut out the middleman and they offer these amazing, like most comfortable ever premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. Uh, and they have just the right sink and just the right bounce because there's two technologies. It's latex foam and memory foam. Mm. And they've come together for better nights and Allergic to latex. brighter days. Well, perhaps you are not the target audience then. <laughs> But there's a risk-free trial and return policy. So if you try sleeping on your Casper for 100 days with delivery and painless returns. So 100 days on your Casper um, and then it's it, the delivery is free and the return is painless if it, if it turns out that you don't like it. But I what think you will do? like it. I think that's like way better if you can just try it out, return yeah, it. Because you really don't. Great. I bought a, a, a bed at Ikea once that I thought was soft mm-hmm. and comfortable and I got it home. It was hard and shitty. And they didn't fucking take it back. I had to sell it on that sucks that won't happen to you with casper um and the thing that so it's really cool it arrives in a box which is bigger than um let's say a coffee maker but smaller than you'd think like when it gets there you're like i can't believe the whole bed is inside there oh because it's memory foam yes well it's like compressed Mm -hmm. so then they give you the special cutting tool which i still have somewhere it's pretty pretty fun you slice it open the bed like unfurls and then there you have your bed and um it is the mattress is, I would say, on the firmer side. And when Daniel and I got the mattress, Daniel's my husband, all of a sudden I was actually sleeping through the night. It was crazy. And I he snores and I heard his snoring less. And I don't know if that's because what the bed is made Shock out of. Shock absorbent? Like, yeah. It conveys that sound less. I don't know. Is there but just one? There's one There's one mattress? level of firmness. Yeah. Wow. 
but there's different sizes. Uh, the mattresses are made in America, so it's $500 for a twin-size mattress, $950 for a king-size mattress. Um, and there's a very special offer for my listeners. You get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com uh, slash best friend and using the promo code best friend terms and conditions apply. So again, that's $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting www.casper.com slash best friend and using the promo code best friend. Okay. Well, Annie Letterman, this has been delightful. What a delight. I've learned so much. I'm actually going to get a um, Squarespace. Oh, good. That's real. And then maybe one day when I'm in the market for a bed, I will uh, try out a Casper for 100 days. Perfect. Maybe keep it for 101. I mean, at least try. I'll at least try it out for right. So where should everyone go to find you? You can find me on Instagram at Annie Letterman. It's it's like David Letterman, but one D no T's, which you can remember. I usually point at my chest and then at my crotch. Um, and then that's the same because <laughs> I train Annie. And then um, <laughs> the same on Twitter and then Facebook. I think it's Annie Leds, L-E-D-Z. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then uh, that's it. And what should people keep their eyes peeled for? Anything? I have a th- uh, thing I'm working on at E that should be out, I think, in October. And then um, Girl Code is airing in June. And um, hopefully I'll be going on tour soon. Allison's yawning. That, I am that's because I'm, no, sometimes Listen, it's, I, my brain it needs was oxygen. perfect timing. I'm going to send my agents you yawning and be like, <laughs> you need to fucking pick <laughs> it up. Um, and yeah, follow my Instagram, though. That's my favorite. We have a ringtone available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. <laughs> Get that by searching Hey, Go Fuck Yourself on your iPhone in the iTunes store. We have two special bonus episodes available recorded live at the LA Podcast Festival. First one is the one I mentioned before with Doug Benson and Greg Proops. Uh, and then the second one is with Doug Benson, mus- musician Matt Costa, and the former Thursday Gang. And those are $1.99 in the comedy album section of the iTunes store. If you're going to buy something on Amazon, perhaps any of the many things that we mentioned on this show, a waterbed, mm-hmm. hair removal, wax, Mads. Um, named after balls. bidet, bidet. Olay. Olay. <laughs> <laughs> Click through the banner on my website, AllisonRosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it helps out the show. Thank you guys so much for all of your Amazon support. It means a ton and it totally helps us. And also thank you for your PayPal support. There's PayPal links on the right side of my website, AllisonRosen.com. Follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. Um, Email us, show at gmail.com. Check out the podcast that is dedicated to this podcast and the fact that it exists is the reason I'm telling you about it. Um, and that's JMO Patrol. And Jeff, where should we go to find you? Colonel Jeff Fox on all your social medias. And there's a new episode of Barracuda Radio out. An hour and a half interview with Chris Manley, the director of photography of the show Mad Men. Definitely oh. listen to that one. I'm learning. I learned so much. It's oh, fascinating. I had no idea that... Uh, let me see if there's an articulate way. It's much more articulate on the episode, but they didn't use any technology that was beyond the time period of the show when filming it. So like no cam- no modern camera shots. Right. So since Steadicam didn't exist in the 60s, they didn't use any Steadicam right. shots. And Fascinating. And that, that helps the look of the show. Yeah. And That's where, really cool. See? Did you say where we can get that? Uh, you can get that on iTunes or any of your uh, internet pod catch player thingy dealies on your phone perfect it's a little bit of a technical talk but people will figure (laughs) it out use lay terms um you guys thank you so much for listening i love you goodbye hey do you know 
grass and grows and shows.